Welcome to Live Let Thrive, a podcast about the Airbnb life, the share economy, and everything in between. Here are your hosts, Micah and Steve. Hello, 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 and welcome back to another exciting episode of Live Let Thrive. What is up, Micah, man? I am good under the weather, but I'm pushing through. Yeah, I thought my headphones were messed up earlier. You're like, yeah, I'm ready to go. I'm like, whoa, whoa, is this my my headphones? What's going on here? But um, yes, thank you for tuning in to this episode 241 of your favorite Airbnb, VRBO, Uber, Lyft, short-term, mid-term, long-term economy and share economy podcast in the world coming at you from Fort Worth and Arlington, Texas, Micah. Let's go, man. What we got going on on this beautiful Friday? Oh man, we're gonna talk about uh some some water, some fun in the water, bro. I think that's what we're gonna talk about. <laughs> I got a new mic. I got a new before we jump into that. I got a new um. Well, I got my microphone set up, and I got a, a pretty fancy camera, the one that you said to to get. So I might have to. It's like HD, so I'm about to start wearing some makeup now. I don't know. Anyways. <laughs> Looks pretty cool. Uh, I got it. I got yeah. I can see. I can see things better. It's better than the cheap ass um, camera they put on these MacBook Airs, whatever. So, ready to roll, baby. Uh, we have a special guest today. Who we got? Who we got? Indeed, Eric Pierce. Second time on the show, man. Back in the day, he was doing some short-term rental fun stuff. And he was um, pimping uh, rollies and and exotic cars and stuff like that. And so now he's doing some other things. He's doing some like uh, Airbnb your boat. It's called Expert Marketer. He's an expert marketer and founder of 30A Boat Valet, a boat charter with a unique twist. Welcome to the show, Eric. Thanks, guys. What's going on? Oh, just having fun on this Friday, baby. Ready to talk yeah. some talk some um, share economy stuff, baby. What's uh, so? What's the twist on this um, boat valet you got going on? Well, it's uh, it started as what you call launch and pickup service, where uh, boat owners and rental companies would call me and have me uh, put the boat in the water, and you know when people are done, load it back up and put it back in storage. <clears throat> and uh, one thing led to another, and I basically started a charter business after living here in this area, which is on the Gulf Coast of uh, Florida. Um, you know, watching the area grow for the last 20 years. Um, everybody wants to be on the water here. That's the whole point of being here is being by the beach or being on the water in some form or fashion. So basically, um, I, you know, I worked with some rental companies, worked with the owners and so on, and, and got to hear kind of the inside scoop of what, what the customers wanted. And basically, uh, 38 Boat Valley moved, morphed into this um, luxury charter where we get pontoons, which are actually tritunes in this case. So there's three floats on them. It's a little bit more of a luxury setup, you know, plush seating and good stereo systems and, you know, faster boats, more powerful, things like that. Basically, instead of a customer going to a marina to get on a boat, uh, when they book with us, we actually come to them. So uh, we have we have like you know pickup locations and stuff like that. We pick up at private docks if people are staying at a house that you know has a dock on it. Um, and basically, what we do is we valet the people. So thirty eight boat valet turned into a person valet. <laughs> so we 
we uh it's almost like an uber on the water except that it's higher in Mm. and um you know it's not driving all over the place but we can um you know we've we've done some some pretty cool stuff with it and uh so that that grew into um you know a luxury basically the premier luxury uh pontoon charter in the area and the funny the funny thing is when somebody hears luxury pontoon they have this image in their mind of, you know, from 20 years ago of the speed up granddad's pontoon that has a, you know, 50 horsepower motor on it or <laughs> if that, and the boat will do five miles an hour putt putts along. And, you know, it's got uh, AstroTurf on the deck and, you know, umbrellas on it, and all this other stuff. Mm. But we've, we've kind of redefined that by uh, getting these higher end, you know, tritunes or pontoons, if you will, they're around $75,000, you know, new. Um, and they're powerful too. Uh, they're fast. Um, they're somewhat economical at the same time. They have some luxuries to them. And, and so anyway, we started, we started taking customers out on that. <clears throat> and, uh, and now what's happened is I've uh, e-commerce the business quite a bit so it's it's become rather than this old-fashioned you know get on the phone uh you know <laughs> call up the marina see if there's a boat available you go to the marina you get the instruction you get on the boat you drive it yourself but everything very old-fashioned you know there's a booking system everything's on paper and a clipboard you know and, and all that <laughs> stuff um what they do with my site is they they see the ad or whatever it is they find. They go straight into the website. They book their captain from there. They book the boat or the cruise rather online. <clears throat> and basically what happens is they show up to a pickup location and the boat's there with the captain and everything on it. Captain helps them, helps them load up their stuff and then they're off. So it's become very e-commerceized. Um, and uh, it's kind of, you know, it's kind of a cool thing, uh, a cool spin on it because there's still people, you know, still companies doing this in the old fashioned kind of sense. But, but anyway, it's a lot of fun um, going out on the water. I love the water anyway. And it was just a, it was no brainer. And uh, we're season two now um, on the water and uh, it's fun having a blast with it. So many things to jump into. And, and one oh, yeah. thing, one thing that, that stands out is because um, there was this other podcast I used to listen to called, I think it was called Dirty Jobs or something like that. And mm-hmm. and, um, and so he made a great point. And when you, when you started talking about all the other boat, you know, rental places, whatever, were, were just, they still have a clipboard and you call a number and you say, hey, let me check and see if it's available and kind of thing. You go over there and you sign your name on some stuff and, and, you, and you get your boat. And, I'm, and he, it, his show, he would talk about, there's so many jobs out there that if you just put a little effort in, you got it on the internet, you could you could rank number one like in a week because they don't they don't do any um you know anything on Google, you know, Google ads or Facebook ads or whatever. They don't promote themselves, they don't even have a good website and they're they're not automated. You know, you can't you can't do anything with their website. And he goes, yep. you could pretty much take over any industry, <laughs> any job. He started naming like you know plumbing jobs or roofing or mowing yards or whatever. If you just put a little effort into it, you could you could like be the go to 
in that area you know what i'm saying and yeah. so that reminded me of what you did right away you put a little bit of a uh, internet onto it and and then it really took off so so that being said i i do i do remember um I go to Padre a lot. I love, I love Padre, but I was like, man, you just you can rent your own boat. I mean, that that's a that's a thing. We, do I need a license to drive the damn thing, or how how did it work back in the day? Um, basically, you know, they take your driver's license. You'd sign a, a one page waiver, a liability release. You'd go through a, a a crash course, you know, drivers thing, which is basically you just answer some questions on a piece of paper. <laughs> um, and it's like, and, and the people that, you know, that run the operation are there telling you what the answers are. <laughs> um, and you, you know, then they take you to the boat and you get on the boat and they see you off. And that doesn't sound too safe, man. Well, it's, it's not partly because if you've never driven a boat before, you know, cause a lot of people think, Hey, um, you know, I want to, uh, I want to go drive this car. So they go rent one. To drive it rather than buy it they want to get the experience well same thing with boats in fact my first real I guess you could say a real boat ride where i drove a boat was a pontoon it was up in atlanta and this was in 2018 or 19 i think it was 2019 so four years ago it might have been 18 i don't remember now anyway um that's exactly what it was. I was, uh, I was trying to find, you know, place to rent a boat. Cause I just got this idea one night, like, Hey, what we have that this is a lake. Why don't we rent a boat, go on a boat for a little while. <laughs> My wife was like, yeah, let's do that. Okay. <laughs> so I went and, you know, Googled some, you know, boat rental, you know, boat rental near me or whatever. And, um, place came up. It was, 195 bucks for two hours and um took a little bit to find the place we got lost twice trying to find the place <laughs> and uh we get there and that's exactly what they did i walked up and it's this kind of hut looking thing like you know just wood structure uh you walk in there there's a desk and a uh, little small place there's three kids working there um they hand me a couple of papers to sign. I had no idea what I was signing. <laughs> and they're like, just sign this liability release. And here's the course. Uh, just answer A, B, D, G, blah, 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 blah. That's the answers. And then you're, you know, you're good. You're fine. Whatever. <laughs> you drive a car, right? I'm like, yeah. They're like, okay, well, you'll be fine. <laughs> so, so they literally walk me. I'm like, uh, okay. And uh, they they walk us out to the boat, and I had no idea what I was looking at because I did I did back then I did not know boats I had no clue, so I just saw a motor and you know and and seats. We get on there, and I'm like, okay, I've never driven one of these before. This is my first time. Is there anything I should do? Like, nah, this is your throttle forward. Forward is uh, push push the throttle forward. You go forward, pull it back, and it backs you up steering wheel you're fine i'm like okay he's like you don't need to mess with it it's simple so we get in there and we we kind of uh we drove around lanier island uh, which is where we were staying and um <laughs> we went out there for two hours it was freezing cold and windy and choppy i had a blast though 
And uh, the funny part was, is we're sitting there and um, we just stopped for a minute just to kind of, you know, enjoy floating. And I told my wife, I said, uh, I said, I don't know why I'm saying this, but, but I'm going to say it. It's a, it's a thought I have right now. I was like, somehow, some way, I'm going to find an opportunity to work with boats. And it's going to become my, how I make a living. And it's going to become how I, how I produce. Like, I don't know when, how, or where this is going to happen, but when the opportunity comes up, I'm going to take it. Mm-hmm. And she goes, okay, sounds good. And I'm like, <laughs> cool, done. And then we just kept going. Yeah. Well, um, I'll just make a long story short. A year later, an opportunity pops up. A friend of mine calls me up and says, hey, uh, can I get some, uh, can I get some help with, with, you know, with something I got going on, gig I got going on? I'm like, yeah, sure. What's up? Cause like, I'm, um, towing some boats, got to launch, got to do what's called a launch and pickup. I'm like, what, okay. What is that? He goes, you're going to uh, hook up to a trailer with a boat on it. You're going to pull it over to the ramp. You're going to put the boat in the water on the trailer. You're going to pull the boat off the trailer and put it on the dock and tie it off. And then uh, it's some renters that are going out. When they come back, you'll load the boat back up on the trailer and you'll take it back to, uh, to where it's stored. I'm like, okay, sounds simple enough. Well, this ended up turning into about a, I don't know, year and a half, two-year deal. I became a contractor and I was doing, you know, like anywhere from three to five boats a day, which was taking me 6 a.m. till sometimes 10 or 11 p.m. Damn. With all the work that was going into it. And um, it, it started growing and did well. And then next thing I know, I went and buy my own boat and um, started. Started my own charter. And even the way that happened was, was a funny story. I'm one of those guys that um, I'm not going to wait until I go get something and then make something happen from it. I'm going to go. It's kind of like... Uh, like a like a proper sales system. If you ever listen to Grant Cardone, um, he talks about you know a proper sales system. You you uh, you sell it the product before you have the product. Mm. So you create the demand, build, get the revenue, then you go create the product and deliver it. Mm. Because if it doesn't sell, then you're stuck with it, right? Mm-hmm. So so what I did was I. Um, I narrowed down over the period of, I don't know, probably three, four months of just research or just hardcore research and getting to know, because at this point I had run probably 750 boats or something like that. Um, got a lot of experience. Like I knew what I was doing. I, under, I understood boats. I knew all that stuff, learned personalities of boats because boats have their own personalities depending on how they're built and you know, all that different stuff. It's kind of weird to say that, but if you got into boating, we'd be like, okay, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, they all have their own quirks to them, each one. Even if they're all the same boat, not one boat is the same in personality. It's the craziest thing to experience, but the more you run, the more you figure out. Even though these two boats are identical, this one does this and this one does this. Mm-hmm. It's weird. Never seen anything else like that before, only boats. Mm-hmm. And, uh, um, and so anyway, did a bunch of research, narrowed down the boat, blah, 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 blah. It took me a month to put a deal together. Um, I use Facebook groups a lot. 
I've just I've become Facebook group like fanatic. I just know how to use them really well and leverage them. Um, in fact, I used uh, the first what six months of my charter. Um, I used Facebook groups to make uh, what did I produce? About a hundred, I think, one hundred and fifty thousand dollars in revenue. Holy shit! Um, just purely for from boat charters, just Facebook groups alone. Um, just understanding how they work, um, understanding how to speak to the audience, how to get attention, doing things that others aren't doing. Uh, it just became a sweet spot for me. So I used Facebook groups, purely Facebook groups to build, uh, to, to start the business. And then just from there, you know, produce the income to then go into paid advertising. Google, no, Facebook, quick. Instagram. Yeah. What, what kind of Facebook groups? Are, you, are, you, are these people that are just like um, boat lovers or what, what kind of Facebook groups are these? Not boat lovers because that's not the audience. Oh, okay. The audience that you're talking to are, if, if you're in a tourist town, like I'm in a tourist town here, we get, we get almost 30 million visitors a year in our area, 50 mile radius. Wow. What area, so, what area is this? Uh, Santa Rosa Beach, Florida. Okay. Wow. If you if you look at Santa Rosa Beach, uh, you could type in 30A Florida, like 30A Florida, uh, Destin, Florida, Miramar Beach, Florida. Not Miramar because there's a Miramar, Florida as well. That's down south, but Miramar Beach, Florida. Um, Panama City Beach, Florida. That's kind of your, your 50 mile radius right there. Um, and it's just, it's growing massively. Um, our population has increased well, we, when I first moved here 30 years ago, we had, what, 10, 10 12,000 person population. We're now pushing 100,000 just in Walton County alone. And there's, you got Okaloosa, Walton, and Bay County, those three counties. So we're, we're growing hugely. Like we're, the development that's happening here is insane. Um, we, it's almost like we have our own economy here. So whatever happens around the country, we're kind of in our own bubble. Um, and the boat market is just, you know, soaring here, which is, uh, which is what, you know, I kind of got in, in during COVID and that's when the business really exploded. Mm -hmm. Everybody wanted to get on the water. They, they didn't want to stay in the house. They couldn't go do anything else. They're like, okay, let's go on a boat. Mm. So it was uh, it was mind blowing to see how how you know how big and fast that grew, um, and 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 so uh, going back to the Facebook groups, these are local groups where um, people are trying to find things to do, places to stay, places to eat, stuff like that. Um, so if you're in a you know every every city has them. Um, especially more populated cities or cities where there are things to do, uh, you can search for, you know, that local group, like, like in our area, uh, they'll search, you know, like Destin, Florida, for example, just, just to be very general, you search Destin, Florida in the group section, and you'll see like Destin in the Emerald Coast, Destin, Florida, Miramar Beach, Miramar Beach, Florida. We love Miramar Beach, all these different groups, right? Well, uh, when you go into those groups, 
it's mostly tourists that go in there because they're, they want to go in and talk to the locals and find out what they have to offer. And so what I was doing is I was finding, uh, I got into about 55 local Facebook groups and I was going in there on a daily basis and I was posting so much that the admins were contacting me, asking me if I was purposely spamming their group. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, I'm not spamming your group. Um, I am just trying to get attention and I would like for this to be mutually beneficial. If you'll like, you know, if you'll let me post and, and promote my group, um, you just let me know whenever you want to go out on the water and I'll take care of you. Ooh, nice. And, and they all, every single one of them, oh, okay. Like the whole tone changes, right? Well, what ended up happening is um, I got into about 10 of the most influential Facebook groups in the area. And, um, and I was able to go in and, you know, and, and do this. So it was kind of, it was a trade. It's a, you know, it's a barter, something, give them something of value and they'll give you something of value. Right. So you're saying there's some power to this networking thing? Nah, not really. (laughs) Because most of us just stay on our computers and, you know, whatever. We don't know. Exactly. (laughs) It's like, it's like, if you're going to be on social media, do something with it. Be Mm. social. Be social. (laughs) That's the whole point. It's like, this is, so many people don't understand. Like, if you want to, you know, build a network, if you want to build a business, it's right there and it's free for the most part. And I basically didn't have any advertising costs for the first uh, several months of starting this business because I was just using Facebook groups. That's what I knew. I didn't know how to use Google. I didn't know how to use all that stuff, just Facebook groups. And then from there, people started trying to find me. So fortunately, I'd started my other, you know, my other profiles, which were 38, uh, at 38 Boat Ballet. So what I would do is I would go in and post. I would put my, my, um, uh, my profile call sign. And then what I was doing is using Venmo, uh, Venmo and Cash App, my social profiles, and Google Calendar. That's how the business started. And then it was all me. And there, there were captains I was working with because, again, it was, it was captain. And then from there, it just got to the point where it started getting so busy. I'm like, okay, I gotta, I've got to start putting some systems in place, which I knew was going to happen at some point. I just didn't realize how quickly it was going to happen. And, um, you know, I started running some promotions and then all this other stuff. And it just, like, it just exploded. I'm like, wow, I need another boat. So from there, I went from one boat to, this was last year went from one boat to eight boats in the matter of months. And what happened was I, you know, I had some, uh, I had some partnerships and I wouldn't do it the way I did it again. Cause I didn't know, I didn't really know what to do. It was just saying yes. And, you know, doing it, just say yes to the opportunity. Well, I mean, that was the, yesterday, last year was the first full year of doing this. Um, and, you know, we did what did a half a million in revenue. Mm-hmm. And the problem was, is my advertising costs started to shoot through the roof because Google started working really good. <laughs> and uh, Google started working really good, like really good. 
And I decided a couple months in a row, I was like, well, let's double down because this is not going to last. So let's do it while it lasts. And then, you know, the month that usually starts declining, I'll just, I'll just, you know, cut the budget in half or in a quarter and then let it run from there. Then gear up again, you know, in the wintertime. So what ended up happening was I spent a ton of money in advertising, mainly in Google. And then we, we had bad weather hit. Uh, the, the third month going into this, um, uh, bad weather hit had $75,000 on the books going into August. This was in July, which was about 20 grand ahead of, um, July started, you know, June going into July, July going into August, right? Um, August hits August 1st, bad weather, Mm. just rained out. And this ends up going on for the entire month. Damn. All but maybe a week's worth of days. And, uh, and then it was like, it was just a decline from there. Um, and it was just all, you know, all trying to, trying to save it and stuff. But, but the wild part was, was that, you know, the ride up there. So this year things are, you know, start a little bit differently. I'm at three boats and I own, um, I'll have, you know, two of them will be company owned. One is through a partner. So this year is kind of simplifying. So, you know, it's that first, the first three years of business where you're trying to, you're figuring out what works and what doesn't. Mm-hmm. So it's like you, you figure out what doesn't work first <laughs> and then you find <laughs> what does work. So that's what, you know, that's what I've been, uh, what I've been doing, but, but this concept still remains. Now, now, is there any way to arbitrage boats to do what you're doing? There is, um, and that's what I'm, that's, that's kind of phase two. So my whole thing, what I'm doing here, just to give you a general picture is building a sellable brand. I trademarked the brand in the business model. Um, and now I'm putting the tech behind it with the systems, you know, booking system and, and procedures and all that. Basically what I'm doing now is since I learned what, what, I learned stuff that does work, but I learned a lot that doesn't work. So now I'm taking that, uh, putting it, molding it into a package, putting the tech behind it, which is, you know, booking system, all that stuff. Um, what's going to happen next is I'm going to end up with three of my own boats or three, three company owned boats. Um, and then what I'm going to start doing is bringing other boats into the fold mm. from other companies and become the booking agency um, where, you know, I already have the marketing platform in place. I already have the booking system in place and all that. So it'd be kind of like a getmyboat.com, except I won't have the bureaucracy that those apps have. Mm. Now here's something that jumps out to me, an idea. Cause like, uh, you know, I love Florida too. And I'd love to be able to have a boat, right? That'd be cool to have mm-hmm. a boat. I've always wanted to have a boat. And, um, but most, okay. Most people here that have boats that take them to lakes and stuff, they just sit in their driveway all year. They might use them a couple of times. Right. But if I can give my, let you, you know, buy a boat over there where you're at and just give it to you, Hey, make some money on this thing (laughs) for me. And when I come to town, I could use it myself. I think that would be pretty cool. Mm -hmm. That's basically what I was doing with, uh, with the partners I had last year. The part that you've got to be careful of doing that is, 
um, where advertising funds are coming from. And the mistake I had made is I was covering the advertising and I had eight boats to cover and that mm. eats a lot of revenue. So they do well in the end, but you don't because mm. your, your, your net gets cut way down because your advertising costs get so high. So um, the way around that is uh, there's a couple of options I'm working on. One is um, leasing. So basically I buy a boat and I lease it out like, like a 12 month lease type of deal. So somebody does a down payment and then a monthly, you know, a monthly payment. They don't have to do, um, they don't have to keep the boat up. But what happens is, is they get the access to the boat, even though it's kind of expensive, it's just like a, it's like having a jet charter or a fraction ownership in a jet, right? Mm. They don't want to have to um, take care of the, you know, the maintenance and all that other stuff. They just want the use. So the cost of the lease would then cover maintenance and things like that. So what I'm, what I'm you know, working on is the potential of, I have a boat, I lease it out. Um, I make the profit off the lease. I keep it maintained. All they do is basically pay for the fuel. So that's an option that I'm uh, looking at doing. And then the other option, again, is, is being the booking agency. So uh, their boat gets listed on my website and on my platform. Because basically, I built a platform. It's not running on an app just yet, but it's, it's a platform I built where the advertising is behind it. And it continues to expand. Partnerships, advertising platforms, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. Um, and... Uh, so basically they'll pay a fee to do that. So let's say if I, if I'm charging 500 bucks or, or they charge 500 bucks or something like that, um, a hundred bucks or 200 bucks, uh, will go to me is basically how that would work. And they take their net. So something simple, but very profitable. If you can uh, set that up, right. I love how you pivoted in business and you've seen that. that that's awesome. So one question I have. So I have two friends yeah. in Florida. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're out in Florida, but they used to actually uh, be a part of this catering, this uh, charter thing with boats. They used to work on the boats, um, but they'd be like the, uh, what is it? Basically, they provide for like the people that are renting the boats out. Yeah. Yeah. So what you, what you would, they used to tell me, and that I just talked to them about this two weeks ago. They were like, yeah, they, they stopped being that person on the boat so they could hop into real estate, but they would get like $20,000 tips from these people, right? Is that the same target clientele? Like on your boats, they have a captain and then do they have someone like catering to them? And, and is it that is it that type of deal? They can. Now, I operate under different set of uh, regulations that those type of charters do. Those, those type of charters under uh, what's called commercial law. And I'm operating under what's called recreational law. Okay. So when someone books uh, books a cruise with us, they're getting the boat, and then they have to go hire the captain and or crew. Um, you know, if they want food, they have to go do the hiring for that because it's called it's uh, it's a different type of law. So basically, um, when they book a cruise with us, they are taking ownership of the boat for the term of their booking. So when they're on the water, that's their boat by law. And by contract, they own the boat. The crew or captain are their employees. 
and they're responsible for all their passengers and so on. Mm. And so it's a different type of law. Now those charters down like in Miami and stuff like that, that's under commercial law. So what happens is the charter company is the one who employs the crew and the catering and all that stuff. So basically I don't have employees because of the law I operate under. The, the person that books the, the crews, they are the employer. So it's the difference between the laws, recreational law, um, you uh, relinquish control of the vessel and crew. Commercial law, you maintain control of them. So there's, it's, a, it's like an opposite way of doing it. Um, but the goal, the goal is that in three years, I'm going to have um, uh, three what's called Mangusta 104 revs. Those are 304-foot yachts. Awesome. If you Google Mangusta, uh, it's M-A-N-G-U-S-T-A, Mangusta 104 rev. It's the sexiest yacht you'll ever see. <laughs> <laughs> and they are, they have a presence. Like when they come into uh, a pass and they come into the, um, you know, when they're coming into the, to the marina or the harbor, if you will, they have a presence about them because of their design. Um, but, but that's the goal is, is have that um, and, and actually build a staff of, you know, crew and, caterers and, and things of that sort um but i gotta get there the, the, the pontoons are a way for me to get there because they they produce well so really by the end of this year the goal is to step up to uh the next level of boats which would be what i what i call a cabin class mm-hmm. so it's you know heat air conditioning uh the particular boat that i'm wanting to get it has two bedrooms two baths um it's 36 foot uh 15 feet wide it can go out in the ocean stuff like that Okay. So you do plan on going to that commercial side soon. Then, uh, yes. Okay. Yeah. Cause yes. I, 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 after, cause they, they taught me so much cause we're both in real estate and they taught me so much, like how they stack their money. And he was like, Oh, it's easy. He goes, yeah. These people will tip you 10, $15,000, but it's like, you're there. These are like one percenters. So once you start catering to that crowd, it's just like in the short term rental space in Airbnb, you cater to the right crowd. You're going to get the right income. Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's the same thing here. It's not quite the same um, crowd in Miami. However, it's a much more close-knit group of people here. Mm-hmm. Um, and the particular market I'm marketing to is called, it's the 30A market. 30A is about a 35-mile radius area where it's very affluent. It's like if you were going to move you know, high in Miami, take all that or Jupiter Island or something like that, stuff that into a 35 mile radius. That's what you got. Wow. Multi, multi, multi-million dollar homes. Like one of the, one of the, there's a house that sold there. I think it was a year or two for 35 million. Oh my God. Um, uh, right on, you know, right on the Gulf of Mexico. Um, so you've got, and, and these aren't main homes. These are second, third, fourth, fifth homes. <laughs> they're and they're they're huge. They all fly in in their private jets. Like if you go to uh, what's called the you know Destin Airport or, or Panama City Beach private the private FBO, you'll just see lines of you know like G fives, G six fifties, Citation tens, like just rows of jets, and they're all going to this thirty A area. Mm. Um, and uh, you know they invest heavily into the area. Their their rentals. Um, they own a lot of real estate here. Um, in fact, have you guys heard the name Adrian Morrison? 
Patreon mm. he he does uh he's known for e-commerce he, he has Shopify stores and all that stuff he mm. was actually endorsed by Shopify to train people to use Shopify um he's a Facebook ads expert and all that um but the dude's worth like nine figures cool. and he um he owns a bunch of real estate in this area um, you know, like the penthouses and big homes and commercial real estate and all that. He's like 34 in that area. <laughs> and um, and so he comes in here, he charters jets all the time and comes over here. And uh um, but <laughs> speaking of which, if you guys want to learn Facebook ads, check him out. That dude is he he's like I would consider him top. As far as doing Facebook ads and, and, and building a business off of that, I would consider him probably one of the best out there um, besides these large you know, agencies that run like, you know, that ran ads for Trump when, when he had like a $2 billion budget, you know, um, the guy that ran those, the political ads, but that's all, but that's all that agency does is just political um, stuff. And that's what they're known for. Um, Adrian Morrison is specific to e-commerce, you know, drop shipping. Um, he knows like the cycles that, you know, Facebook ads go through exactly how the algorithm works, all that stuff. He has a course too. And I'm not paid by him. I sound like I'm promoting this stuff. It's just, I've learned a lot just from watching his, um, uh, like his webinars and stuff like that. Yeah. I've, learned so much stuff just from watching his webinars like even his free stuff that just blows my mind the kind of stuff he puts out there but um if anybody wants to learn facebook ads go check out adrian morrison highly highly recommend um very cool guy too um so like on this type of stuff because you're renting out boats and stuff what kind of insurance do you guys have like i know you said you, you hit some tough times with weather do you guys have any type of like loss of income insurance anything like that I don't have loss of income insurance, but what I've done is I've gone to a uh, deposit system. Mm-hmm. So I have um, basically take a percentage. I do it as a flat rate, but it's a, a, a percentage um, of the, uh, the cruise, like what they pay for a cruise. Um, part of that is a non-refundable deposit. Then under no circumstances is it refundable. Even if there's bad weather day of, they can get a full refund minus their non-refundable deposit. And, um, and people, um, you know, most of them, they understand it because they're like, well, if it's bad weather, they still got to put food on the table. We can't mm-hmm. just take a complete loss. I mean, that's what I, I wasn't doing that last year. And that's why I took a complete loss because there was no revenue. In fact, it all kind of went out the window because I had to refund so much. Um, <laughs> had I thought about doing a deposit last year, that probably would have saved things from, from taking such a big hit. Mm. Um, but you got to learn somehow. <laughs> um, so I did. And, um, uh, but anyway, as far as insurance goes, there's a specific type of insurance that you use for, uh, for recreational char- uh, charters. Here's the thing that a lot of people run into. If any, if anyone, uh, if any of you listening to this, decide you want to um, you know, start a boat charter or want to learn more about it or anything like that. I have a very, very, very small Facebook group that I created for it. Um, it's called um, How to Start and Scale a Boat Charter Business. Very simple. 
Um, <clears throat> there's like maybe several people in it, like very, very small. Mm-hmm. And the reason it's so small is uh, not a lot of people realize that there's a method, there's a technique, there's an understanding that goes into it. And I always tell people when they, because I've helped, I don't know, seven, seven different charters start up and get going. Um, you have to decide if you're going to go commercial and you're going to have, you're, you're going to pay a captain yourself to run your boat, or if you're going to go recreational where the customer pays the captain. And the reason you have to make this decision is because if you don't and you cross borders, you cross that line, um, you can get in big trouble with Coast Guard. Mm. You can actually get fined because they board boats here. Like they'll board the boat, do an inspection. If they find that you've kind of crossed laws, then the big no-no is really going, uh, trying to do recreational, but, but just one little area you didn't cross your T's on and you're commercial on this side. Or if you do this and you fall over on this side because of, give me an example. If you're running recreational, you've got more people on the boat than, uh, than deemed commercial, but you paid the captain or the charter company paid the captain, you're, un, you're in commercial law, and now you've got violations uh, because you've got more people than what's allowed for that law. Mm. So it's called like a, I'll give you a quick example just so, um, just so the audience can wrap their head around it a little bit in a simplistic way. There's a captain license called a six pack. And what six pack means is you're basically rated to be able to take up to six people on a boat. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of the entry level license that you get from there. It goes to a 25 ton, uh, 50 ton, 100 ton, 200 ton, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Until you go to unlimited. That just means that the higher the tonnage, the bigger the boat. And you can go up to that, uh, that maximum. With a six pack, it's just very limited. It's, um, you can drive, uh, you can basically drive a under 25 ton boat and you can take up to six people. Uh, technically it's seven, but I'll spare all those details. It's a lot of details. Um, so if you're running a, what's called a six pack operation, this would be commercial law, right? You're running what's called a six pack operation. You can take up to six people and the charter company is not relinquishing control of the vessel of the boat to the customer. They maintain control and they're paying the captain. Okay. That's commercial law. If they take eight people on a boat, they're going to get a violation and they're going to get cited for it. Um, And if they find more violations, they can ground the boat and basically stop the operation. And then you have a, you know, $5,000 fine. Hmm. uh, and which is really bad for an operation that's just getting started. So let me jump over to the other side of things. Let's say you're, um, you're under recreational law. You've got eight people in the boat, but you're paying the captain. They're going to deem that a commercial operation and fine you for it because the customer didn't hire the captain. The customer, the person who's the, the renter, they have to be able to show proof that they paid the captain and the captain should have proof. You know, I, I do this. Imagine it's my phone because <laughs> that's how everybody pays it. So they have to be able to show proof that the customer is their client and they were paid by the customer, not by the charter company. 
So mm-hmm. there's there's this line, and not a lot of people say this. It took me two years to understand how this law works. I studied the definitions of it. I studied the statutes. I studied what this means, what that means. I I <laughs> I know that law really, really, really well. And you have to, <laughs> because if you don't, that's where these these fines can come in. That's where you can get in trouble with Coast Guard, all that other stuff. Um, um, but as far as commercial law goes, yeah, that's where the money is because you can get into these larger boats. Like when I'm talking those 104 Mangustas, 104 foot Mangusta yachts, these are like four bedroom, you know, four bath. You can, you can sleep eight people in them, right? Wow. That's a commercial operation, full out commercial. You're going to be paying the captain. You're going to be paying, you know, you're going to have a stewardess. Um, you're going to have a caterer. You're going to have, you know, a chef. You're going to have all that stuff. And these are the, these are the type of things where it's what's well, called a term charter. So they're going to, they're going to charter the boat for a week or two weeks or something like that. And that particular boat will do uh, about 120000 a week. Damn. If you have three of those, do the numbers. <laughs> and your, your, overhead, uh, your overhead is about 30%. So you've got a 70% profit margin. Holy smokes. Yeah. We're in the wrong business. Yeah. So that's that when I understand why I'm trying to get up there. So, but see, here's part of my, uh, my plan though, is build the charter business up, build it into a sellable business after I haven't decided if I want to do five or 10 years, we'll get to five and see how it goes. But the goal is to get to hundred million all the while setting aside funds and dumping it into real estate. So that's the whole plan, real estate and, uh, buying businesses. The goal is to have a portfolio of businesses. I, I would love to see myself with a portfolio of 50 businesses across multiple uh, sectors, multiple verticals, and I don't run a single one. I just nice. own them and take my, you know, take my percentage. Um, and then uh, there's a few different things I want to do. You know, lending, I want to uh, be a, um, a private lender. Um, which is something super simple. I mean, everything in doing is really arbitrage is what it comes back to. Exactly. Um, <laughs> it's like, give you another example. If somebody doesn't know how to get a boat, uh, a boat charter started up, if they, let's say you have an audience, an audience member or a section of audience that they're like, well, I don't have the money to do that. Um, my credit's bad. How do I go get a boat with that? Well, here's a couple options. One is, you can go find someone that has a boat or someone that'd be willing to get a boat. Um, uh, go into my Facebook group and I'll show you how to do all that stuff. Um, but basically you find someone tell them, Hey, um, you keep the boat. I'll run the whole thing. I'll charter it out. Let's just, you know, come up with a percentage split. I'll do all the marketing, but you got to pay for that because you know, obviously I can't pay for marketing out of my pocket right now, but I'll run the whole thing. Um, I'll get it filled with customers and we just do a profit split. That's one way. Another way is um, find stuff you can flip. Like one of my, uh, one of the other things I do is I arbitrage golf carts. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Micah's reaction. Um, So I arbitrage golf carts. Okay. So I go on Facebook marketplace, for example, find a golf cart that's for sale. I go, uh, I talk to the seller. I go see the golf cart. 
Then what I do is I work out a deal with them where I say, hey, um, I'm interested in buying this, but here's what I do. I don't have a place because literally this is what, what I've got going on right now. I don't have a place to put golf carts, nor do I really want to, which gives me the leverage. So what I do is I say, all right, here's my process. Here's how I buy and sell. Um, I negotiate my purchase price with you. I am then going to take my pictures and my video, which I have a certain way of doing that. I'm going to create my own listing. I'm going to use my audience, which through Facebook groups is about an audience of about 2 million right now. Um, uh, I'm going to market the, uh, the golf cart. I will bring the buyer. I'll show the buyer. The buyer will pay me. I will then pay you and I'll do a bill of sale on each side. And then mm. I make the difference. So I create a spread in the price, which is my profit. And I just bought and sold a golf cart on one, uh, in one spot within a few minutes of, uh, of making a deal, bill of sale on each side. I basically flipped it without taking possession. It's beautiful. So, you know, you do a few of those, um, you know, if it's titled, I broker it which is a side subject, but that's a way to create some revenue or some funds to get into a boat business. And, you know, you can make the, the smallest profit I've made doing the golf cart was 400 bucks. Most I've made was 1800. <laughs> um, and then I have a, I have a couple in the process right now where there'll be around 2,000, 2,500 bucks. Um, and all it takes is just some texting couple of nice. phone calls and, you know, knowing how to do the deal is really what it comes down kind to. Kind of like a golf cart wholesaler. Kind of, except I'm taking it, I'm getting a wholesale deal and then selling it to a retail buyer. Mm. Course, and it's all on Facebook. Nice. This is one question I have about it, because you said you can make, end up making like 120 a week. And by the way, I'm looking at these mangustas and damn, those are some nice ass boats, man. It's like you're... <laughs> Those gorgeous or what? Out of a house, man. It's like these nice showers, all that stuff in there. But I know. What I was gonna ask you was how, like, okay, how often are you written these things? And it's a, is it by the hour? Is it by the day? And then, like, what's the turnover to get it back out there? These boats, these yachts, mm -hmm. the money is made on what's called a term charter. So you rent it out by you have a weekly rate. So they're going to rent it for a week, two weeks, maybe a month. Um, on average, is two weeks. So you, if you're doing 120,000 a week, uh, let's just say 100 grand a week, just for numbers sake. 100 grand a week, that's 200,000 in a month. So you could have two weeks on, two weeks off if you wanted. But if it's going out, if it's going out for two weeks and then going back out for another two weeks with one customer, you're doing 400 grand a month on one boat and 70% of that's profit. Damn. Yeah. It's insane. <laughs> it's crazy. I mean, think about doing that for 12 months. That's crazy. The price of the boat, the price of the boat's 800 K you're making. Oh no, it's a lot. It's more than 800 K. Um, Mangusta 104 Rev because the 104 Rev REV is their newest, uh, one of their newest ones. And I think they're around, Eight to eight to ten million, I want to say. Oh, but, million, but you're, you're not the thing. The thing that that 
you know, that the audience has to understand here is no one goes and pays $8 million in cash for a boat. It's going to be financed. And there's specialty finance companies out there that only do yachts. Mm. So what you're doing is you're getting a, a just, you're getting like a mortgage on a piece of real estate. It's a, it's a 20 to 30 year term. And you're going to put, you know, 3% down, 5% down, maybe, maybe 20% down at most. And then it's going to be financed. So you're going to have a monthly payment. So it, it's very doable. You can put 3% down on a yacht? Yeah. So there are some companies that do that. Most of them on average will do 10%. But if you're, you know, like in good standing and all that, you can get. The other thing you can do is equipment finance. Because if you have a company set up, you can actually uh, go get equipment financing, which you can get on a you know, 20, 25, 30-year term um, at actually pretty good interest rates. We're looking 5 to 8%, somewhere in that area. Um, and some of them do zero down. <laughs> it's, it's nuts. So you get that. And sometimes um, with the equipment financing, there's always, they also do a lease option. So they'll lease it to you with the option to buy it out at the end of the lease. So there's different options with this stuff. I mean, what you got to look at is it's just like doing real estate or if you have a construction company and you're, um, and you're, you're buying equipment, it's the same thing. It's just a boat. It's, but it's equipment. Um, you know, it's cost of goods. So it's also a tax write-off. I write my boats off. I write all my equipment off. Um, and the other the thing only, too, go ahead. ahead. Oh, the, the only big difference is I would imagine a boat's going to depreciate where uh, an $8 million property is going to appreciate, right? Except that um, right now, the boat market has actually uh, done pretty good since, uh, since COVID. Values are actually way up because mm-hmm. the cost to manufacture the new boat is so high now, um, it's driving prices up. Um, but you know, in 20 years, instance, that boat's not going to be worth near as much. In 20 years, no, but nobody's keeping it for 20 years. If you're a charter company, you're keeping the boat for maybe two years, maybe three at most. Oh. And then you turn around and sell it. That's why I would never pay cash for one unless I was buying one that was, you know, five years old, 10 years old. But most people don't want to go in a five or 10 year old boat unless the price reflects that. Mm. Most people want a new boat. Uh, That's the audience I'm talking to. Uh, What what I call the 30A market, the 30A audience, they want primo. They want ultimate luxury and they're willing to pay that for it. So uh, what I do is I just get uh, more of a top-end boat, um, uh, finance it, and then my, I mean, one, I'll put it this way in simple terms, one booking covers my cost of the boat. <laughs> so with a, with a yacht charter, it's the same thing. One charter, one charter is like double your expense. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about it. If somebody, if somebody charters the boat, let's say they charter it for two weeks and you're, you know, you're at, cause my number is 120,000 a week on that boat. Uh, that's $240,000 in two weeks. Um, and your payment is, well, my, I'm using my phone for the camera right now, but um, your payment's going to be, 
the payment's usually around 1%, maybe 2% of the value of the vessel, or the cost of the vessel, the boat. So if it's a, if it's a $5 million boat, let's say, uh, let's see, 10% be 500 k So you're looking at 50K, 50,000 is your boat mortgage. Your insurance is about 1% a year um, of the value of the boat. So on 5 million, go back to that 1% number, you're looking at again, what's that 50,000 for the year. So 50,000 divided by 12, you're looking at about 5,500. See, 55, 5,800 a month. Um, your cost of fuel, because the fuel turns into a profit also. The customer pays for the fuel. That's one of the requirements under the recreational law. Now, not in commercial, because commercial is um, commercial is different. So your cost of fuel, you're probably looking at 10 to 20 grand a month. Well, it depends. If it's a term charter, it's going to be more than that. So basically, you get one charter in your break even at worst. Mm. Nice. But now, I mean, you, at worst. Now, if you, what's cool is like one of those um, mangustas that you're talking about. Yep. Let's say you buy a $10 million mangusta and, and one quick trip to Colombia and you 100x your money, right? Oh, yeah. Bring back some yayo. I mean... I mean <sighs> Seriously, <laughs> I can no, miss that one. That, that that's uh, more like two hundred bucks. Uh, Micah, quick trip to <laughs> Colombia, and you can hundred two hundred x your money with one of those mangustas. Yeah, but well, I mean, you're putting on it. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, think about well, or go to well, no, I wouldn't say go to Cuba. That's probably the best idea. Colombia, <laughs> Colombia would work. <laughs> Jamaica. <laughs> That's another option. Um, Mexico. There you go. No. <laughs> okay. Load it up. I don't see nothing. Right. <laughs> but uh, one question I do have since like we're talking. Yeah. What kind of laws? I know you guys have laws because you have coast guards and whatnot. So to charter over the Mexico, is there certain laws and precautions you have to fo follow to do that? Um honestly. I'm not sure what uh, what laws you have with Mexico because most of the trips that I would be doing would be in the Caribbean, okay. uh, Caribbean, uh, you know, Bahamas, um, mm. Cayman Islands, Virgin Islands, you know, places like that, um, even down to the Keys. So I wouldn't be going west that often. I'd be going east. Okay. Stay, stay east. Stay safe. That's what I. That's what I say. <laughs> <laughs> so, but. But I mean, look, <laughs> easy numbers, like I said, 400 grand a month, 70% of that's profit. Um, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's ridiculous almost. It's like you're about basically 300 grand. I mean, just easy numbers, 300 grand a month profit. You know, 12 months out of the year, you're looking at, see, $3.6 million profit um, per boat. Okay. That's man. So ish if you have three boats you're basically almost a 10 million dollar business on three boats it's insane yeah it is man and i knew it was after i talked to my friends and like when they said they used to work the business be inside of it i was like that's oh cool. yeah 
people pay you that much in tips, but you know, it's the target clientele for it. And once you hit that yacht level, yeah, it's sky's the limit from there. <laughs> well, I mean, think about it. a 15, $20,000 tip. That's, that's 10, 15%. True. Damn. I mean, think about it. If they're That's if they charter it for a month, just again for numbers' sake, keeping it easy, four hundred grand a month on one boat. Ten percent of that, ten percent is forty thousand dollars. Wow. So I mean, yeah, that's very that's very easy. I mean, I've seen captains that were um, uh, running our boats um, do. You know, this is a pontoon boat. I had a captain get, uh, or, or I should say it this way, uh, a captain I knew um, got a $1,000 tip one night. Mm. Damn. On top of his fee. So he basically wow. made like, I uh, made like 1500 bucks on one trip. <laughs> that was an eight hour, that was an eight hour day. Mm. And, uh, and they bought him lunch too. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm like, and that's a pontoon boat. We're not even, I mean, we're not even talking higher level stuff. So like the goal, uh, goal, is, you know, end of this year, in fact, I can, I can show the audience a little something just for, if they're curious, I don't know if these, uh, these numbers come out backwards. Oh, they look good. I'm good. So right here. You're looking at uh, three pontoon boats because that's the operation this year. It's three pontoon boats, so uh, looking at about twelve hundred bucks per boat per day, on average. That's forty-eight grand on twenty days, twenty days out of the month. Um, uh, this is the partner boat I have right here. So uh, basically, it's a fifty-fifty split with with him. So um, sixty grand a month. That's on 20 days out of the month. Now, if I can get a full 30 days a month, that number jumps to 108,000. Mm. Uh, 360,000, six months out of the year, 480,000, eight months out of the year. If I can squeeze 10 months, we're, you know, we're pushing, we're pushing a million dollar business right there. Nice. And then here's the operating expenses. So basically your boat operation your slip, so wet slip, thousand bucks. That's overestimating just a little bit. Um, a pickup location, if you have to pay for a pickup location, they typically charge 500 bucks a month. Insurance, 400, which I just found out that's going to be lower this year, which I'm very excited about. Um, and there's only three insurance companies on the planet that do recreational coverage for charters. Here's your loan. Five hundred to six hundred bucks a month. Fuel, you're looking around two thousand a month. Maintenance, about three hundred a month, which is you know oil change and some different things. I'll I'll spare the details of that. So then I gave myself a five thousand dollar a month ad budget, which is conceivable. Here's my uh, phone system. Here's my um, CRM. Here's my uh, you know you guys know a Zapier because I use Zapier to connect all this stuff. Here's Clavio. That's email and text marketing. Um, and then my, uh, web host. So we're looking at, uh, just under 9,900 bucks a month in expenses. Um, so we're looking at, you know, 50 grand a month net mm. with three boats. Mm. 
I love that. 400,000 in eight months. Now, have you, like, man, because I'm happy you're showing marketing because that's something the short-term rental space that they just don't do, right? Right. Have you, well, like, honed in on who your target clientele is? And then, like... Oh, yes. And can you even... Can you get to the point of where you can even push those numbers higher by going to even a little bit different tier, higher tier clientele? So here's here's what I do, um, just to give everybody a, an idea of, of of a proper way to market for you know tourism. Um, for example, if you have a boat charter and you're running Facebook ads, Google ads, don't ever target the boat audience because you're talking to other charter companies. Mm, okay. You're talking to other charter companies and other people that own boats. You're not talking to people who want to rent them. Mm. The way to target people you, that want to rent them is target those who have visited your city. Mm-hmm. So you target frequent travelers, target people who are interested in the beach, people who are interested in your area. So for, for me, target people that have visited Santa Rosa Beach. Mm-hmm. So target the whole U.S. And then the people who have visited your city. Mm-hmm. And then target, um, you know, mostly women. Because women are usually the ones that book. Really? That's a They're the ones with the credit cards. Well, I, just, I, I thought dudes wanted to be on these boats. I don't understand. They're not usually the ones that book the boats. 90% of the time, it's women. Why? Because they're the ones that are shopping for the activities. The guys don't care what they do. The women do care. My wife's uh, friends, they all want to rent a yacht for her birthday. Yep. yep. So it's, it's the same thing. So like my wife, she's the one who's scheduling all the activities. I could care less what we do. Just tell me what we're <laughs> doing and I'll go. <laughs> that's what all the guys do so why would you target men when men aren't the ones who are going to book it yeah. even if ah. there's five percent of them even if there's five percent of them target the women i'll sacrifice the five percent for the 95 percent every day Jeez, i guess that like makes if sense I, if i look at my crm there's that i can think of maybe five or ten guys out of 360 customers mm-hmm. in that crm there's like five or 10 guys' names in there. Now, okay. Now, now, if you were, you're not, you're not a fishing charter. So no, you're the fishing charters, fishing charters would tar- would target men. That's, That's men. What, okay, cool. Okay. okay. That makes sense. Even in the short-term rental space. different audience. Sorry, go yeah. ahead. Even in the short-term rental space, you would, you would target women. I mean, even if you look at like, even if it's a dude who's booking, like, let's say you're booking a family. What's the first thing he's going to say after he asks every single question? Well, let me go check with my wife. <laughs> I'll make a decision. I'm dead serious. Every, every time. So You're not staying there. Yeah. Exactly. It comes down to, so let her do it. And then we just go. Just like he said, he's absolutely exactly. Right. Well, here's the other thing too. Another thing the audience needs to think of, and this works for, for anything that rents target mobile users, mm. because even if they're going to go on their computer, all they'll do is just send the link to their email or messenger and they'll go to their desktop or their laptop. Who uses a desktop anymore mm-hmm. um, for the most part? So target mobile users. Um, 
make your website mobile user friendly. Um, something I've learned from, from Grant, which I've, I've, it really is a mind bender and it's very difficult to stop doing is offering discounts. Offer something of value, not a discount. Well, how, how, what do you mean by that? In other words, instead of offering them 200 bucks off, give them something of value for free. Give them an extra night's stay. Give them an extra hour on the boat. Give them extra toys for the boat. If they get a discount, that only goes so far. But if you actually give them something they will use, um, uh, if you give them something they'll actually use while they're on the boat, um, that means something more to them. Like, oh, I'm getting this for this. I'm paying a thousand bucks, but I'm getting all, I'm getting the toys. I've got a cooler with ice. I've got um, an extra hour. I've got this or that. So you give them something like, uh, like, you know, you're giving them something of value at no cost, but they are paying for it. Yep. Mm. I have learned that through email marketing. Just giving somebody a percentage off is nothing. If nope. you tell them, I'll give you a free night, immediately somebody's going to book. Like, hey, if you stay four nights, I'll give you the fifth free. They'll immediately book. It's because yep. tangibility always sells. If you give them exactly. tangible, it sells immediately. Not only that, but um, there's also price anchoring that you can complement your, your value with. So with price anchoring, I get this. I, I learned this from Alex Ramosi. If you ever listen to Alex Ramosi, this dude is just genius. <laughs> Again, 30, I think he's 32 or 33 years old. Um, and he's built his company from $1,000 to over $100 million in four years. And now all he does is he goes and invests in companies and buys companies and, and helps grow them. Um, and um, ironically, he hired Grant to be his mentor. He's paying like 120000 a year uh, for the guy. Um, they do a call a month, basically. Talk on the phone for an hour, right? Anyway, that's beside the point. Um, I learned uh, price anchoring from Alice. So let's say you go to the movie theater and you've got three size drinks. You know, somebody wants to, I hate soda, so I'm not going to use soda as my example. Let's use popcorn. Popcorn. There we go. All right. So small popcorn, five bucks. Large popcorn, nine bucks. So what you're going to do is you're going to tell your customer which one they're going to buy by where you place your medium size price point. <laughs> if you want people to buy more of the medium size, you price it at $5.99 or $6.50 or something to that effect, $6.99. If you want them to buy more of the large, you price it at eight bucks or uh, let's say $7.99. Let's just call it eight bucks for the ease of numbers. So you've got a $5 small. You've got a... Um, $8 medium and a $9 large. It's like, I'm getting a large for just a dollar more. I'll take the large. They'll do it every day all day long. Well, yeah. When I discovered that, you know, I heard the same, the same thing you did at price anchoring. 
I was so, I was like, man, they've been doing this to me all my freaking life everywhere, man. <laughs> and they even said like at restaurants, menus, nobody orders the most expensive thing on the, I mean, and maybe if you go to a hoity-toity place, but you go to Chili's right. or Bennigan's or whatever. I'm dating myself with those restaurants. But anyways, <laughs> something like that. Um, if you go to like a restaurant like that, TGI Fridays, that still exists. Um, if you go to one of those spots, they, they yeah, they you're, they're telling you what to order. You don't even know it, you know. I'm like, oh, you're—they're gonna guide you to this part, this most, you know, profitable item on their menu. And I, yeah. I'm like, what the, f-? you know, I, I was just or, so, yeah, perplexed. Here's the other one. I'll, I'll use the movie theater again as an example. Um, you get the endless refill popcorn or whatever, right? So they say that the extra large, but if you buy the bucket for fifteen dollars. Instead of just getting the large for nine, you buy the bucket for 15, but you can get as many refills as you want and take the bucket home. Mm-hmm. That's usually what they do, except it's not like 15 bucks is a bad example. They'll usually do that for like 19 or $24. Mm-hmm. So you're like $24 and I get the bucket and I can get as many refills as I want for just $3 each time. Because when you get home, you're going to throw the bucket away and two, you ain't going to eat that whole bucket of popcorn. So you're going to be <laughs> another one. <laughs> exactly. So their whole thing is they're making, instead of making nine bucks, now they're making 24. And then every time they come back, they're making another three if they keep the bucket. If they don't, they're paying another $24 or another $9. It's like, it's all psychological. So you do the same thing with, you find how, find out how you can do it with your, with your short-term rental, with your boat charter, with your, uh, with your car rental, Um, golf cart rentals. That's another big one around here. You know, you know, it's funny. Real, I'm sorry. Uh, one more on that topic. We go back to golf cart rentals. This show is going long, but anyway, this is, this is exciting stuff. Um, so even in grocery stores here, it's illegal to do that crap where you say, you know, you buy two and they're only a dollar fifty each, right? And or you buy two and they're three dollars, right? And people yeah. always buy two. They don't need two, but they buy two. Right. But if you buy one, it's a dollar fifty because you can't do that at grocery stores. But people still fall. They still advertise yeah. it and people still fall for it. But you just buy one of those two that are on promotion and it's a dollar yeah. fifty. I don't know. It's, it's, it's hilarious. So funny. They well, still think, do it anyways. But yeah, it's like buy one, get one free. Um, that's probably the, the best promotion you can do is buy one, get one free. Or, then, I went to Bogo. Uh, then I went to Bogo, buy one, get one half price. That right. Or two for five bucks. They, if it's it's normally, let's say it's normally, you know, three dollars each, and they do two for five bucks. Mm-hmm. You're like, okay, I'm saving a dollar. So what I usually <laughs> do is I'll just get one. <laughs> yeah, and that's a, that's the thing. In grocery stores, it would be half half that price. There's no you yeah. can't do that at grocery stores. You can do it anywhere else, but not grocery right. stores. It's so it's funny. hilarious. But like today, I was buying avocados. It was four for five dollars. I'm like, okay, so it's the same price it usually is. It's just marketed <laughs> different. <laughs> it's so funny, but people don't it makes do you math. Think about it. I know they don't yeah. do the math in their head. They just see the promotion. It's just it's only how they word it. It's word it and put it on a, a sign that has red on it, right? And manipulate the fuck out of us. Anyways, we're I know. before we hop off this, it's gone long, but it's been great. Yeah. Um, so you did watches for a while, right? Uh, high-end watches. Why did you did. get out of that market? And I think you got out the right time because it kind of got saturated, right? It did. Well, the reason I got out of it is, you know, 
dealers, a lot of dealers don't make more than on a good day. They might make a couple thousand a watch. I was making maybe 500 bucks a watch, maybe a thousand on a good day. I think I made 2000 once or twice. The problem for me is it's, it's the time to money ratio because mm. it takes so much time and effort and manual marketing. It takes, it just takes a long time. It takes a long time to build a reputation. It, it's just, it became, it came to the point where it just wasn't worth it to me. Um, whereas like with a golf cart, for example, that's, that's what, you know, uh, held me over the winter. Um, it's a bigger profit margin and, and, and less time. And I kind of had fun with it, you know, drive around, drive golf carts around and, you know, take a few pictures of it, market it. And usually that would move very quickly because of the area we're in. Everybody's buying a golf cart for the rental property. So, you know, as people, even though they came with budget, it's like pretty easy to negotiate with. Um, and you know, you're going to make, you know, at least 500 bucks on the golf cart and you can do it pretty quickly. Um, plus I didn't have to take possession of it the way I was doing it. So there was that. So yes, I did. Um, I did the watches, but ultimately the, you know, boating is really my passion and I love sharing that passion. Um, but knowing that I could build a, a sellable business, um, with, you know, very little cost. It doesn't have the same kind of cost or overhead that a lot of businesses do um, in, in any other industry. And the profit margin is, you know, again, I'm probably about a 20, probably about a 20% profit margin if I have a big marketing budget. I mean, I showed you guys the board, <laughs> you know, um, make, make 60,000 a month and, you know, 10,000 of that is overhead. Nice. So it's like not, it's 15%. It's crazy. It's nuts, boo. And I love it. <laughs> it's awesome, man. Well, dude, I'm yeah. glad you're doing, I'm doing, I'm glad you're doing awesome. That's something that you're passionate about. It's great to have you on again. I know you want to have sure. 50 businesses where you don't got to do nothing <laughs> at them. That's pretty sweet. And putting it all into real estate, like Grant Cardone, pour it all into real estate. Um, that's right. That's sweet, man. Where can people find you, brother? Yeah. Uh, they can find me, I would say mostly on social, um, at Eric J Pierce, uh, is my, my, you know, personal brand profile, uh, Pierce is P E A R C E. And then, uh, 30, a boat valet at 30, a boat valet. Um, and then my golf cart, uh, business is, uh, at golf cart flipper. So those three areas, um, the main one I'm doing the most on is uh, at 38 Boat Ballet, my personal. My personal is obviously just I share everything, you know, going on in my life pretty much. And then the, 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 the boat charter is just all boat content. So one thing I got to Go say before you leave is, can I say it? I, I, I've been wanting to say it the whole show. What's that? Boats and hoes. <laughs> <laughs> but you never hear that being in the boat industry right never <laughs> <laughs> thanks for hopping on man it's been a great show glad to catch up with you again and we yeah when i'm in florida i'm gonna hit you up and go for sure, for sure. <laughs> hey and if your wife wants to come over here and uh and girls stick around on a yacht i do have um a buddy that's got a 75 foot yacht and I can I can get her hooked up. 
Okay, definitely will. Thank you for that. We'll be hitting you up if we do make it out to Florida for sure. For sure. Looking forward to it. Appreciate it being on, guys. I, I appreciate it a lot. Been yeah. fun. And thank you for coming back on, man. Thank you. For sure. See for you. sure. Peace. Have a good one, guys. Peace. All right, man. That was another great episode. Second time guest, EJP or Eric J. Pierce. And that was a good one. I've been looking up boats. And the reason why I I just knew it was like a high-end business because I have two friends who um they do real estate out in Florida. And man, they are killing it. They were killing it doing that boat stuff, man. So mm. yeah, man. <clears throat> it's it's cool to have a, a different um some a different topic, you know, because we always say, you know, we're the share economy podcast and it's very short-term rental heavy, but it's cool to get uh, there's it's it's like he said on the show, it's all arbitrage. No matter what business you're doing, okay. it's all arbitrage, man. And oh. so um find what find what you know something you like to do, see how you can arbitrage that shit to make some money. It's, there's money everywhere, baby. If you ain't making it, you ain't looking hard enough. Facts, man. Facts, man. This is awesome. This is a good cast, man. But yeah, cool, man. Where can they find us? Find us at live. You can find us at live, let thrive on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. Make sure to join the Facebook group. Lots of good stuff going on in there. We have a meetup coming up next Thursday, March. What second? Yeah, next Thursday, yeah. second on uh, Dallas. Uh, so definitely come check that out. We're going to be talking about what's going on with the short term rental ban, um, how to survive if it is banned. Uh, it ain't, I don't know. I'm not going to say it's not looking pretty, but they are how making- to thrive when it does get banned, if it does get yeah. banned. How to thrive and survive, you know. So uh, that happens March second. Uh, join the Facebook group. Follow us on Instagram. Instagram's where we're going to be posting most of the updates as well. And uh, make sure to subscribe, leave us a review, and all that good stuff. And yeah, thank y'all for continuing to listen. And uh, we're going to keep pumping out this content. Peace. Later. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Live Let Thrive. Be sure to tune in next week for all the latest in the world of Airbnb and all that entails. Bye-bye.